Hey there, and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Bart. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are newlyweds who like to shoot shit about movies. We definitely do that. And today I introduce Frankie to a cinematic classic. Oh, yes. I introduced Frankie to Goodfellas. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Now, I, I wanted to start a new thing and go why I wanted to introduce Frankie to this movie. Okay. Arguably, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. And going back, uh, we listened to our old podcast when we did the top ten. Mm-hmm. And God, I should have put Goodfellas on that list. Yeah, it was on your uh, uh, honorable mention, from what I recall. It was, but... It really is a great movie. It's beautifully shot. It was really good. It It is one of the best shot movies I've ever seen. Plus, it's so quotable. It's just one of those movies I love. I've, I've watched this movie a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to probably be mentioning the cinematography quite a few times throughout our review. But uh, I did just want to kind of give a shout out to um, Michael Bauhaus. I hope I'm saying that right. But he was the cinematographer. He's also done cinematography on a whole bunch of other movies in his career. He's done a lot of cinematography work with many movies as well as this movie. But he's worked with Scorsese on, let's see, The Departed, Color of Money, Gangs of New York. And I think that was, I think that might have been it with Scorsese. But he's he's worked with Scorsese before. So Um, Scorsese likes to use him. Yeah, he, he likes to use him a lot, I guess. But he also did cinematography on a movie that Scotty really loves. For some reason, he, he really, really loves this movie. Waka waka wow wow west. <laughs> Whenever wow wow west comes up, I have to do the waka waka wow wow west. Indeed, indeed. Uh, but Goodfellas, I arguably, is Scorsese's best movie. Yeah. It is it is one of those movies that will go down in history as... A movie everyone knows, everyone loves. I, I actually have never seen anybody who's ever seen Goodfellas that's been like, you know, I don't like that movie. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty uh, pretty awesome on a lot of levels. Uh, it is number 17 on IMDb's top-rated movies list, and it was selected for the National Film Registry as well. But it was directed by Martin Scorsese. Obviously, he's directed a whole bunch of other mob movies, Mean Streets, Departed, Casino. And just recently, The Irishman. <laughs> right. So, he it's definitely his wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. But yeah, on a technical level, as well as a acting level and story level, this movie is pretty fucking awesome. And I've always wanted to see it, I just never did, so I, I'm glad that I finally watched it. it. And the thing about this movie that always gets compared to, this, it's always this or The Godfather. You always choose which one you like more. It's right. always Goodfellas or The Godfather. You know what's funny is that um, when I was doing my research on this movie for like fun facts and whatnot, I saw like a little bit of trivia saying that Roger Ebert, who's like obviously one of the most famous, if not the most famous, uh, movie critic like ever, he said this movie was a better mom movie than The Godfather, and both Siskel and Ebert named it the best film of 1990. I think if you break those two movies down, just generally, right? The Godfather is—it's like glorifying mobsters in a way. Yeah, I guess in a way it, it makes it, 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 it like this movie does it too with the. But it, this movie is so brutal. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, 
with it because I I saw Irishman on Netflix when it came out, and I, I again haven't seen a whole lot of Martin Scorsese movies. I've seen a couple, but not like a lot, not enough as I as I probably should. But we'll get there. I I will say that <laughs> there are definite like comparisons to be made between this and The Irishman. However. Oh, yeah. One of the most obvious and, like, stark differences is the brutality in it. Like, this movie is so... Like, the violence is so just raw and real. And, like, the sound design is, like, holy shit. Like, you can, like, feel, like, the punches and the... Ugh. It's, like, just uncomfortable to watch. But in in the best way. Like, it's... Yeah. It's it's good. And the thing is, like... We were talking about this with your mother before, and she asked how long the movie was. I'm like, yeah, you know. she's, she's like, I remember being like two hours. I'm like, I looked at it, it's a two and a half hour long mm-hmm. movie. It does not feel like a two and a half hour no. long movie. No, it definitely doesn't. It's well paced. Yeah. There's no point where you're bored in the movie. Mm-hmm. And ev- even like the little points where like, oh, you're introducing like all these different mobsters who really don't aren't important. Mm-hmm. But you're introducing them because that's the life. Especially at a certain point where... All these people are mobsters because that's what you want to be. You want to be a mobster. Right. Well, that's the first line of the movie. I, all my life, I've wanted to be a gangster. Mm-hmm. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Which is one of my favorite lines ever. It really is. It's a great line because this movie starts from the middle. Right, yeah. It kind of jumps yeah. back in time. Well, actually, so, funny story about that. Scorsese initially filmed the movie in order. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. So he filmed the entire movie in order, and then he's like, no, it doesn't work for it. It didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. So he moved that middle scene forward to almost show you, like, this is going to be different. It grabs your attention oh, right yeah, it away. Oh, yeah, does, for sure. As you guys all know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm a big award Oscar nerd. Yes, yes, yes. And... I'm actually super excited because as we're filming this, it's the night before the Oscar nominees come out for 2020, and I'm super excited about it. Yes. But in, in, in the spirit of Oscar season, let me go through the Oscar awards here because there are plenty. Oh, so, yeah. at the 1991 Oscar Awards, Goodfellas was nominated for six Academy Awards. It only won one of them, but we're going to go through it. So... It was nominated for Best Picture, Lost to Dances with Wolves. That's a mistake, okay. I do like Dances with Wolves, but this is better. Scorsese was nominated for Best Director, also lost to Kevin Costner for Dancing with Wolves. Dances with Wolves, excuse me. God damn, Dances with Wolves. Was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay because it was based on a 1985 nonfiction book called Wise Guy by Nicholas Pileggi, and he also... Yes. Uh, co-wrote the screenplay with Scorsese. Yes, he uh, he stood off uh, because this is based off a true story from Hank, uh, Henry Hill. Yes. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. It also lost adapted screenplay to Dances with Wolves. God damn. And it lost best editing to Dances with Wolves. God damn, Dances with Wolves. And Lorraine Bracco, who plays Karen Hill. Yes was uh, nominated for Supporting Actress, but she lost to Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that's that. That's kind of like a famous uh, that's, moment that's, where she won for that. That's a flip. That that Both of those deserve to I win. I mean, yeah. That's like, yeah, for sure. I mean, Lorraine Bracco was great in this, but I, I do like Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost, yes. I gotta say. Now, the sole Oscar that Goodfellas received went to none other 
Then Joe Pesci. Damn straight it did. For Best Supporting Actor for playing Tommy DeVito in this movie. And I have to say, it was very well deserved. He did great in this. And watching this, and after watching The Irishman, it's kind of hilarious how different the roles are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's so downplayed in The Irishman. Like, he's so calm. He's so relaxed. Yeah, he's very, very different. That it would have been, but compared, especially compared to Tommy, because Tommy's a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> but he did great. Oh, my God. So, I actually asked Frankie a question in the middle of this. And I have a couple questions to ask before we even like get into like talking about the movie. Sure. So my first question is, is Henry Hill a good guy? No. He's not. He, you don't. He, you don't think he's a good guy at all? No. Okay, it's interesting because I, I don't even think that's a question that's like really worth asking. Well, I thought it was interesting because I heard it brought up before. Do you think he's a good guy? I I don't think he's a good guy, but I think he has. More principles than, let's say, Tommy or Jimmy. I don't even know because, if that's true. Because you look at it. Because think of it this way. What's the one like principle that they give you in the mob, really? is don't, like, don't flip. Don't be a rat. Yeah. He's, a, he's a rat. He does do that at the end. but I mean, granted, he's a rat because he doesn't want to fucking die. But, he, like, he's a rat. He's a rat. But you look at the other things, like... I'll get there, but and, the, the, I mean, he cheats on his wife. He does drugs. He does do that, but he also like the guy when he's a kid. The guy comes up bleeding. He goes and runs to the guy and gives him wraps him up. Yeah, Sp- but, he help, tries to help Spider at one point, and Tommy loses his mind there. Yeah, no, I get. He it. does good things, but he's he's not the worst mobster in the world, but he's a mobster nonetheless. Okay, and he yeah, he's not a good guy. But it also brings me up to another point. Is Henry Hill even reliable? He's our narrator. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing in so The like, Irishman. It's like, you don't know, really, like, I mean, you you like The Irishman, you like Robert De Niro's character, but you can't really, he's still, like, a mobster, and he's not exactly a reliable narrator. No. So, yes, it's the same kind of concept. So, yeah, but you wonder, if this was told by Tommy, how this would have changed, or if this was told by Jimmy... Mm-hmm. How would this movie have been different? This comes from Henry Hill. No, you're right. You're right. But uh, I mean, I think it says something that, like, he's the one narrating it, and we still, I mean, I, we still don't think he's a good guy. He's a bad fucking person. Yeah. What was your other question? And my final question is the one I did bring up to you. Who's scarier, Tommy or Jimmy? Now, see, that's, that's an interesting question. Because you look at the characters, Tommy's a psychopath. But everyone knows Tommy's a psychopath. Right. But, like, at the same time, with Jimmy, he he has more control. and But at the same time, Henry is able to, like, see through him. Like, towards the end of the movie, when they're having, like, their little sit-down, he knows immediately, like, okay, this guy's gonna have me set up to get whacked. Like, Jimmy controls it until he doesn't. Right, exactly. So, so is I mean, it scarier to not know when the person will snap, or no, the person will always snap. I, I mean, it's hard to say, but I will say that, like, after you asked me that question, it was like right around the time when they were the, the scene where he, right before he kills Spider, yeah, Tommy, and they're all sitting in the room, and like Spider tells Tommy to go fuck himself, mm-hmm. and then you know all the guys are like, oh, oh, he's finally got a set of balls, and then 
Jimmy goes, oh, what's this world coming to? Tommy, you're just going to let him get away with that? What the fuck? And he's still kind of like laughing about it. But in my head, I'm like, oh, he knows exactly what he's doing because he's gonna take on make Tommy. Tommy do his fucking dirty work and kill the fucker. So it was kind of the same thing when he killed Billy Bats. It's like, yeah, he probably wanted, you know, Jimmy probably wanted him out of the way. But well, yeah, J- Jimmy at that because he jumped right in. Well, like, yeah, Jimmy jumped right in. Also, you look at it this way: Jimmy protects his friends, and Tommy was his friend because even with that whole Billy Bats thing, because mm-hmm. he goes in and he's like, you, you did insult him a bit, you know, you did, like you, you wasn't, you weren't a nice guy here. Right, right. And Billy like, yeah, fuck you, man. I'm just having, a, I'm having my party. I just got out of jail. Right, right. But so I, I so it's very interesting. I like that discussion. Like, which one of them is actually scarier? Because then we also get to the point at the end with Karen and Jimmy, mm-hmm. where you're like freaking out. You were. Oh, I thought he was gonna have her. I'm like, cause she's walking down the the alleyway, and I'm like. Oh god, what's about to happen? Is someone about to jump out and like strangle her? Like what the fuck? And then I was like, because this whole movie, like she's not the sharpest fucking tool in the shed. Like no. when she's falling in love with uh with Henry, Henry, I'm like, this bitch is fucking stupid. Like what are you doing? And then she is walking down the alley, and then she looks into this place that uh, Jimmy told her to go to, and she sees like guys walking around, and it's like very sketchy. And I'm like, oh my god, is she about to fucking get murdered? What the fuck? And then she just runs off and i'm like oh my god the first fucking smart thing you did this whole goddamn movie to my knowledge scorsese hasn't said either way if oh he's never said if he was i mean if she had walked in there well because i don't think henry hill well because henry wasn't there right right so i don't think scorsese said either way that if she had walked in there she would have been murdered or not so it's very interesting when you think about it like it's one of those things like it was scary. Jimmy Conway is a that scary was man. Scary. I was like, oh my god, they're about to fucking kill her. So we start this movie because I think we you're re- we yeah, can get yeah, the yeah. nitty gritty of this. We start this movie from the middle of the movie, as we said, with them driving a car and they hear the noise from the back <laughs> of the car, and they get out and there's a guy in the trunk. <laughs> And fucking Tommy stabs him and Jimmy shoots him in the head. Yeah, you immediately just, it sets the tone of, like, how brutal and fucking nuts this whole thing's gonna be. And they then focus on Henry's face, and Henry goes, all my life, I wanted to be a gangster. Yes. And then rags the riches starts playing. So let's, let's, uh, yes. The, The one other thing I have to say that, uh, immediately comparable with Irishman, in my mind, besides the, the violence, obviously, and the narration was the soundtrack. The soundtrack oh. in this is fucking sick. That's, a, that's another question now that we brought up the soundtrack real quick. Yeah, yeah. Who do you think does it better? Scorsese. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. now you watch this. I know, who, I know the other person. Go ahead. And Tarantino. Okay. So I'm obviously... I've talked about this a few times on on our show here, as well as, I think, 17 milligrams. I'm sure I've mentioned it. I'm, I'm a Tarantino fan. I, I like Scorsese, too. Here's the thing. 
they both do a very similar thing, which with the soundtrack, they just set this incredible tone for the mm -hmm. movie and they set the atmosphere perfectly with the music, which I appreciate incredibly. However, yes. I do think that Tarantino has a bit more of a unique repertoire with his yes. music choices, which I appreciate well, also. Well, from what one person I heard describe this at one point, Tarantino is much more of a dumpster diver almost with yes. his songs. Well, he said that like in interviews, I've heard him talk about like how he has a whole, like just a room, a room set up in his house. This is how fucking rich he is. He can just have a room in his house with like a bunch of like, like an old record store. And he just like, Whenever he has ideas for like a scene or like a movie idea or something, he just like kind of like combs through like his music and like just is able to kind of use the music to form his ideas, which well, I think is really cool. Well, Scorsese does similar things, but it is a more pop. These are popular songs of right, the time, right? And that's not a bad thing. Like it's definitely not. Like there were I wrote down certain like musical choices in this movie that were like, oh, so good. Oh yeah. So like I'm down for both, but. I'm partial to Tarantino just because I like more like weird outside the box shit. You know yeah, like I mean? you get introduced almost to the songs. Exactly. Like we know these songs. Yeah. We know Rags the Rich, but Rags the Riches was perfect for this. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. To open the movie for sure. So um, I would just like to kind of like yeah, because we have uh, our three main characters here, our three male yeah. leads basically. We got uh, Robert De Niro as Jimmy Conway. We have Ray Liotta who's our our narrator, the real main main character, Henry, as Hill. Henry Hill, and we have Joe Pesci as Tommy. Now, so Ray Liotta, he's obviously been in a lot of movies. Most recently, he was in Marriage Story. He played Adam Driver's lawyer. Oh yeah. So he was he was pretty good in that, according to IMDb. Yes. He turned down the role of Harvey Dent in 1989's Batman to play Henry Hill in this film. Okay, that was a good choice because Harvey Dent in Batman did nothing in that movie. Yeah, I, w I would say so. That's it a good was idea. It ended up being, uh, oh, God, Wasn't Billy it? D. Williams. <gasps> Billy D. Williams. Hello, Peter. Welcome to the cool side of the pillow. You've had a hard day. Rest that weary head of yours and drift on off to dreamland. <sighs> Works every time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy D. Williams. I pulled that one out. Schmo mm. down. <laughs> <laughs> Then we have Robert De Niro. Now, originally, this role was offered to Al Pacino, but he turned it down due to fear of typecasting, which yeah. makes sense. However, you kept going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's been typecasted any fucking way. So, but I don't I mean in the same breath. If you look back at Scarface and you look back, at, I don't think Pacino could have done this. I mean, he's, it's, it's a more subtle role. It's very subtle. It definitely is. However, this was, what, 90? Yeah. So this was, he was a little older. I mean, if you look back at, like, earlier Pacino, he he could he could do stuff like this. Yes. He could. He could. You know, Michael Corleone was not a very uh, That's true. abrasive no, character, my, at least in the beginning. No, Michael wasn't. But and, it, like, you know, it's... Tony Montana. Was very well, abrasive. Yes, that's putting it lightly, I think, abrasive. But anyway, now, as far as Robert De Niro with Scorsese, we have to mention that. Oh, yeah. These gentlemen have done nine, count them, nine films together. Yeah. Most recent being Irishman. This was their sixth film that they've done together. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever I do mention Scorsese, 
I have to mention, and I'm I'm sorry, Martin, I'm sure you never want to hear this again, but Martin Scorsese played the puffer fish in Shark Tale, everyone. I have to start paying Don Lito protection. So everything you owe me, you owe him. How you figure that? Simple. The food chain. You see, on top there's Don Lino. Right. There's me. Mm -hmm. And there's regular fish. Oh, that's me. No. There's plankton. Mm. There's single cell amoebas. Well, then, then, then there's me. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. There's coral. There's rocks. There's whale poo. And then there's you. That's messed up. I just, I want. <laughs> Was that, that number eight? Known. Huh? Was that eight? What? Because they were both in that movie. Who? Oh, yeah. Oh, but, well, you know what I mean. Oh, it's director. Uh, like, him yeah. as director and him okay. as actor. Yes, I forgot Robert De Niro was the He's daddy. The shark. He was daddy shark in that movie. <laughs> but I think it's even more, I mean, listen, Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro. Yes. Everyone's got a shitty movie, but Martin Scorsese's not really, like, an actor primarily. So the fact that he, in partaking in his acting, dipping his toes in the acting pool, Became so a puffer fish. Decided, hmm, Shark Tale, that looks good. <laughs> Working at the car wash. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's a mess. And also, I just wanted to mention, Scorsese is, obviously, he's brilliant. I, I You know, I make fun of him for his puffer fishness, but it's, it's just all in good fun. It's because I'm staunchly jealous. <laughs> the man's been nominated for 12 Oscars. Uh, he's only won one Oscar, though, however, for The Departed, which, obviously, is a great fucking movie. But, but it's it, kind of crazy that he's only been... Well, he's only one. Well, not, even one when, Oscar. It, when The Departed won, everyone said, and it's still one of those things, everybody said it was the makeup award. Uh, yeah, I think. Because they, they were like, he should have won for something else, but we, we got to give it to him here. But I mean, Departed, I think, definitely deserved it. Oh, it was a great movie. It's a great movie. But like, you figure with this Raging Bull, uh, Casino, like yeah. all these movies that are amazing movies. Right, right. Ooh, um, and then we have uh, Joe Pesci, who obviously we all know from a million and one things, including Home Alone, uh, and my cousin Vinny. Oh, yeah. This, uh, His Oscar jazz album. I like New York in June. How about you? I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? I like a fireside. I mean, sure. Uh, the Oscar that he got for this is unfortunately his only Oscar, but who knows? Maybe he'll win something for uh, Irishman. This I hope, year. man. I hope. I don't know. I don't know if he'll, if he'll actually get it. I thought because the argument was Irishman, and I think it's going to cost them both the Oscar. Is it's between him and Pacino? Yeah, but also Brad Pitt's going to be in the mix for Once Upon a Time, so I feel like he he might have a fight on his hands. Yeah, but I think. Because these two people are in the same movie, yeah. That a third, that Brad Pitt has a better shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it was like just one of them. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. Pesci was so subdued in Irishman, and Pacino was just Pacino. Um, but I did think it was interesting with Joe Pesci. Just a last fun fact about about this: when he won Best Supporting Actor. Uh, he had, I think, one of the shortest acceptance speeches in all of Oscar history. He literally went up to the stage and said, it's my privilege, thank you, and then left. Because he there did not think he was going to win. So He didn't, he didn't do a speech. <laughs> he did not have anything prepared. Which, I mean, God bless him. <laughs> well, Joe Pesci, it, it, even if he did have a great speech, I can't see Joe Pesci being like, 
I mean, a long-winded he, man. He he deserved it though for sure, because from what I've researched, they did a lot of. I mean, I think they did it for Irishman too. I think this is just kind of how Martin Scorsese works uh, with his actors. He they did like rehearsals and they did a lot of improving during rehearsals and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pesci came up with a lot of his oh, yeah. like best lines and you know most uh, notable lines well, like oh, in the improv. Yeah. Pesci's great. Pesci, Pesci was underrated. He really was. I feel like I think as an actor in general, he's kind of underrated. But yeah, definitely. Because like, when you think about like even in this movie, like you have Nero, you have Scorsese, you got even Ray Liotta is pretty well like like Pesci yeah. is a amazing actor. Did he do any Martin Scorsese movies after this, Leota? I feel like no. No, Leota just kind of did whatever he wanted yeah. to. But he was great in this. So yeah, everybody did a good job. Okay, so after this opening scene. Yeah, so we get rags to riches. So now we go backwards. We go back in time to when he was a young lad. Well, he's a young lad, and it's very funny. Like, he's this young kid, and he's, he's idolizing these mobsters who work across the street at the cab shop. And it's it's funny because he's like his family's all into it because they think he's working part time there, but he's he just he stops going to school and goes to, and works for the mob basically at like thirteen, let's say, which is crazy, you know. And the one scene I wanted to bring up is finally the school sends a letter home, mm-hmm. and his father beats him senseless. Yeah, and he goes to the mob. He goes to Paulie's brother and goes, I can't work for you anymore. So they go to the post office to fucking beat the postman. Yeah, I was so confused. I thought they were going to beat the shit out of, the, out of uh, Henry Hill's dad. And I'm like, oh, wait, who, who are they going after? The postman? Why are they going after the postman? What the fuck? <laughs> you, you know this kid? You know his family? Oh, my God. It was so funny. And then mail stopped coming. <laughs> Jeez Louise. You know this kid? Yeah. You know where he lives? Yeah. Deliver mail to his house? Yeah. Well, from now on, any letter from that school to that kid's house comes directly here. You understand? Yeah. If another letter from that school goes to that kid's house, in the fucking oven, you're going to go ahead first. That was it. No more letters from truant officers. No more letters from school. In fact, no more letters from anybody. Finally, after a couple of weeks, my mother had to go to the post office and complain. So I feel like uh, now's a good time to mention the, the language in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's obviously, you know, very, uh, filled with profanity. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, you know, my, my virgin ears just can't handle it. So, I, I just have to say, give this little fact here. Fuck, and its many derivatives are used, uh, whopping 321 times in this movie. Damn. About half of which come from Joe Pesci. <laughs> that sounds about right. And, uh, at the time, it was the most profanity of any movie in history. Damn straight. So, uh... But it didn't, I mean, as much as they say fuck and shit and whatever, like, it didn't seem like they were just saying it to say, you know what I mean? No, like, it, it, it felt fit. right. It fit in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, so we just get little snippets of his young life. Mm-hmm. And his, like, introduction into the mafia. His introduction to the mafia. They buy him a suit. He does little jobs for them. You know, it's it's nothing special until he meets Jimmy Conway. Right. He meets Jimmy Conway, who is known as the Irishman. Ah. <laughs> and Jimmy Conway's big thing for the mob is he likes, he's their earner. He likes to steal shit. And Jimmy takes both Henry Hill and a young Tommy under his wing. Mm-hmm. 
and they start stealing shit. And s- Which I thought was funny that, like, in this, Robert De Niro is older than Joe Pesci, but in The Irishman, Joe Pesci is older and, like, a mentor to Robert De Niro. Yeah. So it kind of, like, all came full circle. Oh, yeah, it did. And so this leads to Henry getting pinched. Yes. For selling cigarettes. Which was so weird, this whole scene. <laughs> like, he goes to court and he gets off. And like, yeah, the mob basically like, yeah. <laughs> they all like throw him a fucking party. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, he busted his cherry. And, and like the head of the party or whatever is uh, Paul Cicero, who's like the mob boss. He's the Don, yeah. Uh, and he's played by Paul Sorvino, who's like, he's been in a million things. But uh, <laughs> I know, do you know C-Spot Run? No. It's a movie with David Arquette. It was like a stupid 90s movie and the kid from uh, Two and a Half Men. It was awful. It's an awful 90s kids movie with a dog and David Arquette. Yeah. And for some fucking reason, Paul Zerbino. I think he just wanted, like, a new house. So he's like, just, you know, I'll just be in this movie and give you my paycheck and I'll buy a summer home. Well, it's funny because Zerbino's <laughs> so... He's the subdued. He's the... Yeah, yeah. He was really good in this. And it's funny because they were talking about him uh, behind the scenes and they're like, he was cracking jokes all the time. He's an, he's an ex-opera singer. I mean, his and voice, that does not surprise me in the slight. His voice is like, oh, it's so rich. But he's, he's like busting jokes. But he, when he's in character, he's like this reverent, like, you yeah. don't fuck with he's this man. Very, like, they make a point in the narration. Henry Hill was like, you know, he's like stone-faced. Like, you know, he, he people don't really go to him for anything. They just, like, rely on him for protection. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, he's the, he's the big man, you know? Yeah. So, he gets pinched, he gets off, mm-hmm. and Jimmy, this is where Jimmy others one of the most important things in the entire movie, you don't rat on your friends. Yeah, oh man. Never rat on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. That's you keep your mouth shut, fucking nuts. and everything will be okay. It's crazy how, like, little things that are said, I mean, I mean, this is a common thing in, in movies, but, like, in this movie in particular, like, certain little things that are said, and kind of, like almost like throwaway lines come back in the end in like the worst kind of way. Yeah. And it's, it, it's a big line though. It's a big line for the entire movie. You don't rat on your friends. So after, uh, this little like look into Henry's adolescence and introduction oh, yeah. to the mob, we get introduced to adult Henry as Ray Liotta. Now I didn't mention this before, but seeing as how this is our introduction to adult Henry yeah. Hill, uh, I have five people that were considered for this role. Okay. Shoot. Tom Cruise. No. Okay. <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Yeah. yeah. Sean Penn. And that's even worse than Nicolas Cage. Alec Baldwin. Oh, God. And John Travolta. Okay, Travolta makes sense. Cause, <laughs> uh, yeah, but no. Yeah, Ray Liotta was the best choice for this. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. The only one that might have worked maybe was... John Travolta or like Alec Baldwin, maybe they don't. But they don't have the. None of those guys had like the roughness Ray Liotta has. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like Ray, Ray Liotta has a very specific like swagger. Like he looks just he looks rough, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what Henry Hill needed. So this now we go into this bar. It's because this scene, is this guys. is the scene. It's the scene that everyone knows. Everyone knows this damn scene. And this was like. This is, like, Joe Pesci's, like, first, like, big, like, moment in this movie. And this was, like, heavily 
influenced by like the improv they did well, during rehearsals. So from what I so read. the story Joe Pesci tells is a true story. It happened to Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci was Henry Hill. He told this story to Martin Scorsese, who went, we have to put this in the movie. Okay, so explain the story. So the story of the, the whole he, he the whole thing. Bar and they, they were with a bunch of other mobsters. The uh, whole thing was like, oh, you think I'm funny? And yeah. the, that all, except Pesci was Hill in real life. Okay. So the guy freaking out at, Pe- at Henry Hill oh, was, Henry okay, Hill was Joe okay. Pesci. I got it. So they did this scene four times, improved. And then Scorsese wrote down yeah, the best the thing to yeah. do it. And that's kind of how... So it's that's so kind cool. of improv. That's very cool. I like that a lot. So he wrote down the best things. But yeah, so this is it's a true story from Pesci's perspective, at least. Very cool. But yes, it's... Here's the scene, guy. I'll play the scene for you. Right. Funny how? What? Just... You know, you're, you're funny, <laughs> You mean, so? man, let me understand this, because I don't, you know, maybe it's me, I'm a little f***ed up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? But yeah, it's like an iconic moment. Because even I knew about this scene. As soon as I saw, like, the bar, I was like, oh, it's coming, isn't it? And he's like, yep. <laughs> I'm like, yay! He's <laughs> like, I, this is the part that, like, I even know about this movie. But this is the point where you're like... This guy, Tommy's not somebody to this, fuck this with. This guy is fucking crazy. Because <laughs> you look at because he- the moment Tommy starts, everybody goes quiet. Yeah, exactly. That happens a few times. Every time someone says something to Tommy, everyone's like, "Because they, because <laughs> everybody knows Tommy's a lunatic." Yeah. Oh man. And so and then we get to the point where the fucking owner of the bar walks up to Tommy and goes, "Hey, Tommy." I need you to pay you. You have all. a seven thousand dollar fucking tab. Like pay your fucking bill. And Tommy smashes him with a beer bottle. And then like five minutes later, he's like, "You want to know something funny?" He just asked me like the other day to baptize his kid. I'll baptize your kid. Seven thousand dollars. I was like, "Oh my god, this guy's so crazy." So Tommy, so this leads to Henry basically backdooring the bar. Getting Paul Cicero to buy the bar. Yeah, because and it, that was a good scene too. Like that whole scene where uh, the restaurant owner is meeting with Cicero and Henry Hill, and like the shadow. I was like in awe because it was just like the shadow was so good and like the lighting. Oh, it was sick. And then at one point in that scene, Cicero goes, "Well, you want me to shoot Tommy?" And he goes, "No, that wouldn't be a yeah. bad idea." And then Cicero's like. You fuck. What the fuck are you and doing? And they're like, hey, I didn't mean anything by it. Yeah, I bet you didn't, bitch. <laughs> this, so, then now they run this backdoor scam on the bar until they basically run the bar out of business, so then they're going to blow it up for insurance money. Fun. Because that's what happens with the mob. So the mob blows up the bar. So they blow up the bar, and as they sing out, waiting for the bar to catch fire... Tommy is trying to convince Henry to go on a double date with him because oh this woman is racist against Italians. Okay. <laughs> because some Jew, this Jew woman, as he says, this Jew broad is racist against Italians. So come out with me and her friend. So they go out, and Henry's not having anything with this chick. But this is where we meet Karen. Yay, the Rain Brocco. If you don't know. Who she is. She's been in a bunch of stuff too. She played the shrink in the Sopranos. She did. But yeah, she she's great in this. And it's funny because when you look at this, 
this is one of the things that I thought was so cool. We switch narrators. Yeah, she narrates a little bit uh, throughout the movie, but. So Karen's talking about Henry and her first interactions with Henry and how he seems bored and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. but they agree to go on the second date. Yeah. And Henry ditches them on the second date. (laughs) Now, Karen takes, has Tommy drive them to where Henry is Mm -hmm. because of course Tommy knows where Henry is. Right. And she fucking starts flipping at him. And but then within, like, two minutes, like, they're flirting again. <laughs> he, which is funny, because they weren't flirting at first. And I think this is the first time, because I think Henry likes the fact that she has a little fire. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure, yeah. Like, he likes that. He yeah. doesn't He doesn't want one of the the typical Italian girls who's just so, like, oh, you know. Kind of just, like, lets everything go, and yeah. He likes that. But then we get this great shot. They go on this date. Oh. Uh, to the Copacabana, and we have this like amazing like one take shot of them going into the club like through the back door and like going through cutting the, the line. You know, as as he's going, Henry's like, oh, like schmoozing everybody. He's tipping people. Yeah. and it's it's a he's gr- like a typical wise guy, you know. Now this I found great because this apparently only took Scorsese three times to shoot. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Because it's a long shot. It's a long one take. And he's got the guy who's following him. Because he's got to follow him on foot. Because there's so many twists and turns in that hallway. Mm-hmm. They give him his own table and stuff. And yeah. people are giving him wine when he sits down. They like bring out a, ta- a special table just for him. It's very like, fancy. Schmancy. Yeah. So And then she goes... What do you do? I'm in construction. <laughs> I'm, I'm in construction. I'm a union delegate. I'm like, which was oh funny because this God. makes me think of the Irishman too. I'm like, if this bitch believes that. <laughs> but this makes this was the Irishman too. He was a yeah. union delegate. Yeah, yeah. Even though he was part of the mob. <laughs> so we fast. Now we go to. He he meets. They go to this country club. Him and Karen mm. and. Karen, we get introduced to the guy who lives across the street from Karen. What a fucking prick. Oh, yeah. A complete Ugh. prick. He's like a hoity-toity, like, country club prick. Oh, yeah. And Henry clearly looks uncomfortable at this country yeah. club because it's not his his not his place to be. And then later on, like, as they're dating and seeing each other, like... She goes Henry. To- Henry's at, like, some... Some guys like he's at Maury's shop. Yeah, Maury's like wig shop or something. Mm-hmm. And he's Maury's a fucking prick too. But anyway, Maury Maury's got a mouth. Maury's an idiot. But anyway, they're at him and Jimmy are at his like business and they're like shaking him down for money. And he gets a call from Karen and she's very upset. He goes to pick her up and she's like hysterical crying and she's like that son of a bitch I've known him my whole life and he tried to feel me up and like when he when I said no I don't want you to touch me he kicked me out of the fucking car and I was like oh god this guy's gonna die <laughs> so yeah so Henry drives her home uh-huh. pulls up in the car sees the guy across the street working on his car and goes go inside I'll clean up yeah so he goes over and this is like one of the uh, one of the many examples of like how fucking brutal the the sound design is, like to uh, kind of add to the violence of this movie, because he literally just storms across the street. The guy's like, "What do you want, you fuck?" And then all of a sudden, Henry Hill just goes, "Bam, bam!" Like, "You want fuck? Oh, you want something?" Huh? Oh, hey. 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 
was it pistol whips him. He pistol whips him. He pistol whips him and just like basically like beats the holy shit out of his face. And actually, I read a fact uh, on IMDb. Apparently, like right around this time, Ray Liotta's mother had passed away uh, from cancer, and uh, he said that he used like the anger that he had from his mother's passing in this scene in particular to really like bring out like the fucking aggression in like him beating the holy shit out of this guy and like the you can like just feel it like they don't like i feel like in a lot of movies they kind of like shy away from that yeah they shy away from it or they pan like away from the actual like physical violence or they'll show somebody else just like oh god right it'll show a reaction shot or something like that this they don't they just stay right on it and the fucking like sound of the fucking pistol whip is like echoing in your head it's just oh it's like uncomfortable but it's also like fucking sick like yeah. it's good it's a good fucking shot because you just you see how fucking brutal this life is you yeah know? but you also know you also think and this is also what brought part of the question of is henry hill a good guy mm-hmm. this guy's a fucking this guy's a fucking right. shithead okay i get it but at the same time he does some horrible things oh, he to does. women too in this movie. Not, so he's not really, you know, he's no. not a gentleman either. So it, it, but it's one of those questions, like, like he he beat the shit out of this guy because he did it to her. You know yeah. what I mean? If it was any other woman, he probably wouldn't give a fuck. No. If, it, if the guy was one of his friends, yeah, he wouldn't give a shit. No, but he did it to Karen, so that's why he reacted yeah. that way. Exactly, but it's one of those things that it's an interesting discussion. And he brings the gun over to Karen mm-hmm. and tells her to hide it. And instead of being a normal girl and being like, listen, this is too much for me. And leaving. She's like, no, I was a little turned on, actually. And then the next scene, they're getting married. <laughs> yeah, they are. Which um, was, it was just funny. Yeah, it is a crazy thing. Like, okay, we've been together for a while. Yes. If I... A while. <laughs> if I, like, be the guy to a pulp... With, like, anything. And then I told you the hides it. Like... Well, that depends what the guy did, honestly. Well, let's say in the same situation. If the guy tried to, like, feel me up or rape me and then kick me out of a moving car... And I went and beat the living um, shit out of him. Yeah, I wouldn't be too mad about it. <laughs> I mean, it sounds horrible, but... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. So... I mean, I, I wouldn't want you to kill him. No, but he, he didn't well, kill like, the guy he, either. He beat the, no, I know. But, he, I mean, he beat the shit out of him pretty bad. He beat his face pretty damn good. But if you, like, punch him in the face and was like, stay the fuck away from my life, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they get married. They do get married. They have this typical... It was a typical Italian wedding. I felt like I was at my... You know, well... I feel like I was watching my old family, like, wedding video. Correction, it was a Jewish wedding. <laughs> Oh, because okay. Henry's half Jewish. Oh, yeah. Only the good half. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, because Karen's uh, Karen's Jewish, and her, her mother is like, "Oh, you have to marry a Jewish boy." Yeah. So they they do the whole they crush the glass, you know, yeah, muscle top. Yeah, he's wearing a nice It's adorable. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and they had a line I thought that was really funny. Karen was like, "Oh, they were, you know, Paulie was introducing me to all of his relatives. Everyone with all the boys are Peter and Paul." 
and all they were all married to women named Marie. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Italians. <laughs> Sounds right to me. It was very funny. And they're all giving Karen money because, you know. Yes, yes. And she, she, they walked away with a ton of money. Yeah. And she's like, well, where's where's the bag with all the money in it? And Henry's like, oh, don't worry about that. No one's going to fucking steal from us. What yeah, because we literally laughed like, you are literally in the. A room full of mobsters, like, and you, you have the Don money? in the room. Yeah, like, who do you think stealing this? If anybody tried to steal that, they'd be dead. Exactly. So everything starts out pretty good with Karen and Henry. They have a pretty good, you know, like, yeah, it's not the best marriage in the world, but well, she like immediately after they get married, then she starts worrying about living the lifestyle of a mobster's wife. I'm like, well, now you're worried about well, because, fucking married to him. Well, because now she's hanging with the mobster's wives. Right, and they're all crazy, like, psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're crazy. Well, they're talking about people getting, like, right, beat to death. All these, they, oh, my horrible children beat the shit out of them with a, uh, with a broom handle. Like, what the fuck? And at one point, there was a scene which I thought was very funny. Karen walks up to Henry and goes, I need a little money to oh, go shopping. This scene. This scene and he's like, oh, okay. And she goes down again. He's like, okay, sure. Oh, no, that's not what. She, like, is, you know, she gives him a kiss, like, oh, thanks, baby. And then she goes down to give him a blowjob. And <laughs> Henry's just like, what? No. Oh, all right. Like, you really put me out here, honey. Damn it, I didn't want to get a blowjob today. Darn it. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was very funny. I would never. You would never. If I fucking, like, you would never say that. Oh, all right, right honey. honey. I, I guess, guess I'll, I'll guess I'll just stand here and take it. <laughs> no, it was just funny. Just your reaction. That's why I wrote it down, because I'm like, you had to react to it again. It was just so funny to me. Uh, so, but like they, like they do have chemistry, you know. As fucked up as their relationship is, and it gets even more fucked up as the movie goes on. Like Lorraine Bracco was said in an interview or something, she said, "Like I saw Karen as like the perennially abused wife, which she kind of is even more as the movie goes on." Oh yeah, but yeah, they they do have some kind of chemistry for sure. Oh yeah, and so this is where we now go back to the bar and we meet billy bats yes we're we're at the bar with our three main guys as well as a bunch of other mobsters and billy bats who just got out of prison and they're like celebrating and like tommy comes in with a girlfriend girlfriend and he's like you know, Billy's being like a wise guy to him. Being because he knew, he knew Tommy when Tommy was younger. Yeah, and like he was being a dick and then like it was weird because like Billy Bass was just being a prick because like he like it was over like they had like a little man, man, man back and forth and then it was over and then Billy Bass just started up again and then Tommy went off. And yeah, well because he goes he, he's like because Tommy, yeah, Tommy acts a little like, really, I don't want to fucking deal with this motherfucker. Right, yeah. And he goes over, eventually he's polite, you know, like, and he goes, you know, Billy, don't bust my balls. I just want to have a drink. I'm going to sit here with my girl. And Billy goes, if I'm just going to bust your balls, I tell you to go get your shine box. Because he used to be a shoe shine kid. And Tommy goes, you know, I don't do that shit anymore, you know. And Bill, and then everything, as you said, everything died down. Yeah. And then he had to do it again. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mother! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, 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 come on. And of course, 
And then, and then Tommy leaves, and he's like, make sure he fucking stays here. Oh, yeah, Tommy's fucking pissed. And Billy's so he, like, he, he fuck leaves, him. and then when he leaves, Jimmy says to Billy Bats, like, you know, you, you insulted him a little bit. You shouldn't have done that. And then Tommy comes back. Well, uh, well, of course, but Billy Bats even reacts to that. It's like, oh, I didn't fucking insult him. I yeah, fuck well, him. Whatever. So Tommy comes back and immediately just, like, beats the holy shit out of oh, him. Oh, yeah, start- Beats him to death. And Jimmy... <laughs> Without even saying a word, just comes right in and helps him. And Henry's Which like, makes me think that he wanted that. From, like, he knew what was happening. Well, he knew exactly what was going to happen, and he was, like, more than happy well, to because, just join right in. Well, it also, in the same breath, as, you know, he's Jimmy's talking to him and going, like, you know, you didn't insult him. Billy then also insults Jimmy. Like, yeah, fuck you. Like, I don't give a shit. This is your bar. I don't give a shit. Because this is Jimmy and Henry's bar. Mm-hmm. And so... Henry's just in there. He's shocked. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, holy fuck, what did we just fucking do? So now they take him up, they go to bury him upstate. Before they do that, though, they go to Tommy's mom. Oh, yes, that's right. We have to, we have to talk I about forgot that. about that. Okay, yes. So yeah. Tommy has a, the typical, like, Italian old lady mother who's very sweet, played by Catherine Scorsese, oh, yeah. who's Martin Scorsese's mother. Very sweet old lady, and they come in the three of them with Billy Bass's body still, you know, in the trunk. Yeah, Tommy's covered in blood. Yeah, they come in, and Tommy's mom is like, "Oh, you know, sit down. I do. I take care of you. I get you something to eat." And <laughs> within like five minutes, the next scene, they're like eating like a full fudge like Italian meal at the dinner table while there's a fucking dying we find out yeah. not actually dead dying body in the fucking trunk of their car but i thought that was really really cute yeah but like this little old italian lady's like i cook a your meal yeah <laughs> so yeah they're eating a full course meal uh so they go bury they now we go back to where we started they kill billy bats again right. and they bury him upstate this is now where we get now we cut immediately to henry's starting to cheat He's got a girlfriend on the side now. Yeah. Which, again, not a nice guy. No, it's not a good guy. And it's just, he, he's like, oh yeah, Friday's for the girlfriend, you know? He puts her up in a, he puts her up in the apartment. He does all this for her. And at one point, he's at a bar with everybody. And fucking Jimmy walks up to him and goes, yo, we gotta go upstate. And he goes, why? Oh my he goes, God, yeah. <laughs> they sold, they sold the property, and they're gonna build condominiums on them. So we gotta dig up the body. And it's like it's been six months. Like we get, what are you talking? We have to go. Oh my God, oh my God. And then they have this great fucking shot, like one of the best shots in the movie. While they're digging up the body, they're just in silhouette, the three of them, and it's just like a red light, just a washing over them, and it's it's a really good shot. And like Henry is like puking his guts out because of the dead fucking body they're digging up. It's been decomposing for six oh, yeah. months. Ugh. Yeah, so they dig up the body. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's disgusting. So now we go and we get the first scene with Spider. Oh, yeah, this fucking kid Spider. He's played by uh, Michael Imperioli, who is another uh, Sopranos yeah. alum. Uh, he was also JoJo in Bad Boys. You remember JoJo? Yes, I do remember JoJo. <laughs> oh, tell me, JoJo. Tell him, Jojo, I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> All right, I don't know everything about everything. I know a, a little bit about a little bit, okay? Tell him something, Joe! It's three guys. It, All right? Know. They got a laboratory. That, no, no, you know no. That? 
No, it's two guys. Okay, one guy died in a plane crash last year. It was uh, fucked up. But no, no. No, there used to be more. Oh, uh, fuck. No, 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 no. I don't know a lot about a lot, but I know a little bit about a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so Spider fucks up Tommy's order and basically and he shoots him in the foot. Well, yeah, he goes, oh, man, let's dance, 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 dance fucking Tommy's Spider. Fucking and Tommy crazy. starts shooting at his feet and shoots him in the foot. Tommy's fucking nuts. So then we go to the next scene, and he's he got his foot all wrapped up. He's limping, and then of course, yeah, we get the fucking Tommy goes, "Oh, you're just you're trying for sympathy." He goes, "Fuck you, Tommy." Yeah, and, and then we get the whole thing fucking shot in the chest, like immediately. Which again, I think Jimmy kind of like set it up a little bit. He he kind of, I mean, he he probably would have did it anyway, but he kind of pushed him a little. Oh yeah, he definitely pushed him. So now we get a scene. Or Karen is holding the gun at the camera. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a good shot too. So Karen, like, his basically she realizes that like he's cheating on her. Yeah, she's she's gone to the, the apartment, she's fucking yelled at her. Yeah. Called her a whore like, a bunch of times. Right. And meanwhile also, she has the kids with her while she's doing she's not a good person either, honestly. No. But no nobody here's a good person. But yeah, the next shot is her like on top of Ray Liotta with the gun and like the shot is just like barrel the gun right in the camera. The angle is like she's facing down. Like it's it's a really good shot. Yeah, and it's like that whole scene is so intense because you're like, oh my god, is she gonna shoot him? Because you don't know if like what she's gonna do, and then he's just like totally calm and like very soothing tone. Like it's okay, Karen. Just and put down the gun. Just put it down. Shh, relax, and then. Immediately, as soon as she like breaks down crying and drops the gun a little bit, he grabs her and like pins her to the fucking floor and like screams in her face and points the gun in her face. And it's like, oh my! And she's screaming guttural, like it's just, oh, like yeah. How do you it's like such it, Karen? An intense fucking scene. It, it, it is really intense, and you're like, fuck. So he go, she he leaves to stay with the girlfriend. Yeah, and like, and fucking Paulie and Jimmy come up. To the girlfriend's apartment. Yeah, and they're like, you gotta go back to your wife. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you, you gotta go back to your wife. Paulie's like, I'm gonna fix this. We, we gotta do it for the good of... Basically, we gotta do this for the good of the family. Right. So, Paulie sends Jimmy and Henry to Florida on, like, business or whatever. Yeah. And while they're there, they end up getting arrested yeah. and sentenced to 10 years in prison, both of them. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. I was like, all right, okay, now they're in prison. <laughs> they're in prison. So Henry is, like, in prison with Paulie and uh, two other mobsters who aren't important. And he's just there. And Henry starts dealing drugs. Oh, yeah, he starts doing coke in jail and, like, get involved in drugs and when he gets out of prison he goes back home to Polly and like you know try you know gets back in the in the swing of things and Polly pulls him aside and he's like listen I know you were doing that shit while you were in prison it's okay I'm not mad do what you got to do while you're in jail but now that you're out you're not touching that shit anymore because I another guy he knew who had nothing to do with it, but knew the people who did it ended up going to jail for 25 years and dying in jail yeah he said I'm you know I this don't guy, want to die in jail. This guy's in his seventies and he's gonna die in prison. That's not gonna happen to me. So you're not getting involved in that shit no more. And if anyone else is getting involved, you let me know. You understand? Even Jimmy or Tommy, yeah. you let me know. So he was very adamant about that. But 
instead of listening, Henry's like, fuck this, I'm fucking doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's going behind he's going behind Paulie's back selling this drugs and he's also taking a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah, he's like becoming a big fucking cokehead and ugh, it's a mess. So then we get to this thing called the Lutanza heist. The Lutanza heist. Uh-huh. And this is the one of the biggest heists in history. Yes. This is a real heist, because this is all real shit. And in the real heist, they walked out with $5.875 million Jesus in Christ. money and jewelry. <laughs> which, today, would be $23 million. Jesus. Now, in this heist, they also they introduced the crew, which is... Yeah, and this was... Okay, so they introduced uh, a bunch of people. One of whom I was very surprised I didn't even know was in this. Sam Jackson's in this movie. Yes. You got damn right. See, that's how that shit works. Dex. A young, skinny ass Sam Jackson. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, Sam Jackson in this movie? Well, she's like, she because he walks by screen. He doesn't say anything at first. Oh, yeah. Like he, and like, you know who that is, right? She goes, small she goes like, who? And like, that's Sam Jackson. She's like, that's it. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, he's all like, I couldn't even really tell at first, but I had to really look. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Very young Sam Jackson. So, he, so, this whole crew is introduced. They're all fucking around. Like, they're like, okay. And it, it's also including Maury from the wig shop. Oh, yes. Yeah, because so he helped set up the deal with Ray Liotta. Yeah. Um, so, so he, he, they pull off this big heist. Everyone's excited. They go to the bar to celebrate. Yeah, and everybody's like, all happy. Yeah. Maury's like, yo, can I get my money? Can I get my money? And they're like, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Apparently, like, a couple of the people that were in the crew were showing up, and they, like, had bought these, like, lavish things. Like, one of them bought a car. The other one bought a fur coat for his wife. And Jimmy's, like, pissed. Like, what the fuck? I told you not to buy anything crazy because the fucking cops are going to come down. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't buy anything. <laughs> So, like, he, you know, telling everybody to hold off. He's telling Maury to hold off. Maury's, like, up his ass and, like, trying to get the money and whatever. And, you know, he's... He, Maury, Maury's thing is he's got, like, a lot of bark but no bite. Like, he'll yeah. bitch and moan and, like, curse and scream at uh, Henry. But then as soon as Jimmy comes in the room, he's like, oh, you know, you know I love you, Jimmy. So yeah. he's a little fucking prick. Oh, yeah. He knows that Jimmy will kill him. Yeah, exactly. So... So... We find out during all this, all this bitching and moaning, moaning, Tommy's gonna get made. Oh, yeah, so we didn't really explain what that means. Okay. Well, because Billy Bats, who they, who the three of them were involved in his killing, death, uh, was a made man. Yeah, which means that, like, they're untouchable, basically. They are, they are basically, yeah, they basically are untouchable. They are in the mob. They are yeah. actually in the mob. They are they're not, like a boss, basically. Yeah. So you can't touch them without either a really serious reasons, and you have to talk to someone else, a don, to approve killing a made man. Right. So they find out that uh, Tommy's going to be made, and you know Jimmy's like really excited because he thinks that like you know this is going to be good for him now because he can't be made. Him and he's Henry half Irish. Him and Henry both can't be made. No, right. Jimmy's fully Irish. Oh right. Henry's right. half Irish. Henry's half Irish. So neither of them can technically be made, but Tommy being made is great for the crew. Right. 
you know, eventually it could lead to being a full-on Don. So now we go to this apartment. Tommy goes to this apartment. Yeah. Where Stax is sleeping and living. And Stax goes, oh. Oh, as soon as they walked in, as soon as they walked in, I was like, oh my god, is Joe Pesci about to kill Sam Jackson? <laughs> and. What a fucking sentence that is. Oh, yeah. And then fucking Stax goes, oh, yeah, sorry, I fucking overslept. Yeah. And fucking Tommy shoots him in the back of the head and then pops him two more times. Because, like, apparently, like, Stax's job was to, like, what like get rid of the, the truck? And, yeah, get rid of the truck. Yeah, and he didn't do that, right? He like, fell asleep. He and fucked up, and the cops found the truck, so they killed him. So they were like, "It's eventually going to get traced back to Stack." So they're like, "We're getting rid of that." So this starts. Jimmy's killing everybody. Yeah, Jimmy is basically taking out everyone that was involved with this heist, except for him, obviously. Except for him, Henry wasn't involved. Henry was a side piece, right? So him, Henry, and Tommy, but everyone else. Is dead. And you get like one guy gets and his wife get killed in the car that they bought. Yeah. Another guy gets put in the freezer. Two other guys get chucked in the truck. Uh, you know, like everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And then just when things are like. Calming down. Oh, well, and then, well, he tells Henry that like he's going to take out Maury. Yeah. and Oh, yeah. Um, and, but then he like tells Henry, "Never mind, like we're not gonna do it." And then he, he just does it anyway. Well, he tells, well, he tells Henry, "Is me and you are going to take out Maury?" Mm-hmm. So Henry's like, "I got, I got tonight." So he's like, oh, "Okay, I got till eight, nine o'clock to convince him not to do it." Mm-hmm. And he tells Henry, "Never mind." So him and Tommy do it. So Tommy kills Maury. Yeah. Because Tommy doesn't give a shit. And, like, it's funny because, like, Henry is always, like, the one that's, like, talking to Maury and trying to talk him down. But there's, like, the best fucking... One of the best song moments in the movie is when Maury, like, right after he's, like, bitching and moaning about Jimmy, the Henry, he walks, like, past Jimmy, and Jimmy's at the bar, and he's just smoking a cigarette, and he's, like, looking over at uh, Maury, and they're playing uh, Sunshine of Your Love. Oh, yeah. And it's just like a fucking 16, because you know, just from the look on his face, like, what's about yeah. to happen, happen. Yeah, Maury's done. Um, and it's, yeah, the song choices, especially as Jimmy's going a little crazier, are really, like, some of them are darker. You're like, oh, God, we're really getting into some shit now. Yeah, so then after they kill Maury... Uh, we, uh, we go to a diner where Tommy, uh, not Tommy, where Jimmy and Henry are sitting. Yeah, and they're, like, waiting for word from Tommy about him getting made. Yeah. And uh, then we're with Tommy and a couple of guys, and they're going into this house. And as soon as they walk into the house, I think because of, like, the Irishman, because it kind of ended the same way the Irishman with uh, Jimmy Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa. They walk into the house, and the house is completely empty, and all of a sudden, bam, he gets shot right in the back of the head, like, through his face, and it's just like... He's done. Yep. And then and it's, it was sad because the, uh, Henry Hill's narration, he's like, yeah, and they shot him right in the face so that his mother couldn't uh, even have a hope in a casket, casket in the funeral. And I was like, oh. But yeah, it was revenge for uh, Billy Betts for yeah. killing somebody that shouldn't have been killed. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's a sad moment. But now, now the crew is kind of broken up. There's a fracture in the crew. I was really surprised by that, though, I gotta say. Like, that was my, probably my biggest reaction in the whole movie. Like, when he got shot, I was like, oh, my God. 
Oh yeah. Fuck. Because <laughs> even he he when he walks into the room he goes, fuck, because he knows it's over. Yeah, yeah. And it it's it's a fuck. It's sad. So now Tommy's dead. You're like, oh god, uh, you know, everybody's dead. It's, you know, suddenly. Now we go to a specific day. Yes. And in this day... Everything hits the fan. Henry has a lot to do today. (laughs) (laughs) Henry's very busy. (laughs) Being a coke dealer is a very busy, busy job. So Henry wakes up... like they, 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 They even do time frames. Henry wakes up, takes a bag of guns over to Jimmy... Jimmy's like, fuck you, I don't want these guns anymore. They don't fit my silencers. Get off the fucking coke, you fucking... Asshole. You fucking asshole. It's melting up your brain. He takes the, he takes the coke, uh, the, the guns, picks up his brother who's in the hospital, because his bro- <laughs> drives him back to the house, picks up Karen. Yeah, he's doing like all these like little like family errands, like he's cooking this big meal for his family. and blah, blah, blah. All while he's doing this drug all deal. All while he's doing like this illegal like drug stuff, and he's trying to find someone to uh, sell these guns to that Jimmy didn't want and all this bullshit. And as he's going through all of this Michigas, he keeps looking up and he's seeing a helicopter following him. Following him, quote-unquote. And, like, the thing, it, you see it as the audience, you see the helicopter following him, but the way Ray Liotta plays it, it also just looks like he's just, like, a crazy, paranoid crackhead. Like, it, like yo, it's nobody. <laughs> he's just fucking crazy. <laughs> And you're like, oh my god. So he's going through all his things. At one point, when he picks up the drugs, he calls the person, uh, his old babysitter who's going to deliver the drugs, and goes, hey, make the call from outside the house. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, and they, like, like, argue back and forth. And then, like, right after she hangs up with him, she picks up the phone again from his house. And calls, like, the people to, like, set up the drug fucking deal. And I'm like, oh, my God. This fucking bitch is crazy. So, <laughs> now he's back at his house. Yeah. He's done, that, he's done all these little things. He's, he's, he's calmed down a bit. And he goes, she walks up to him, the same girl, and goes, I need my hat. Well, they're getting ready to put her on a plane to, like, to you know, go sell these drugs. They're like, oh, we got to tape the coke to your leg. Like, we got to do all this shit, like. What are you talking about? You need your hat. I need my lucky hat. I can't fly without it. Well, what the fuck, bitch? Like, I'm not fucking... We got shit to do. I'm not going to your house to get a hat. I have to get my hat. I can't fly without it. Okay, fine. So he, like, he takes the Coke, puts it, like, in the kitchen cabinet, and goes out with this babysitter to go to her house to get her fucking lucky hat so she could go and sell his drugs. And (laughs) the second they get in the car and start to pull out, you see cop cars and lights, sirens everywhere. And then he turns around, and there's a gun right in his face. Don't fucking move! I'll blow your fucking brains out! And I'm like, oh, he's caught. I had a feeling that was coming, obviously, with the helicopter and shit. And like, oh, obviously, he's got a million things to do, so what's the worst thing that could happen? Oh, he could get caught by the cops. Well, I always thought this was a great line in this, because he goes, I knew it was the cops. Because if, if it was a wise guy, I'd be dead. I wouldn't Which even have heard mean, him coming. True. <laughs> so... He gets busted. Basically, his whole like coke operation is like defunct now. Yeah, like, everyone catch, gets arrested. They can't. They they uh, arrest the babysitter. 
They arrest his other girlfriend who was helping him cut the drugs. Like, it's a whole fucking thing. And then, while, like, the cops are at his house, yeah. Karen is, like, bugging out. She's like, what do I do? I got all this fucking coke. What do we do? She takes all the coke and flushes it down the toilet, which is, I mean, in this situation, the right thing to do, I guess. Quote, unquote, well, yeah. right. But if, if they didn't, what else is she supposed to do? Well, the thing is, so they she flushes the coke. And the coke they get him on is the coke that was in the bowl at his girlfriend's house. So right, technically, yeah. if she had cleaned the fucking dishes, because they brought up one point that she doesn't do dishes. Oh, yeah, and, like, there's coke, like, leftover coke everywhere. Like, if she had cleaned the dishes, he wouldn't have gone to jail. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, so uh, he goes to jail. Eventually, uh, Karen visits Karen, him. Yeah, Karen visits him, and he's like, listen, you gotta get me out of here. I gotta make things right with Paulie. Because if I don't, they're going to fucking kill me. People are already walking away from me in here. Yeah, like, I gotta, I'm going to die. I got to go. I got to get out. So she basically, like, tells her mom, listen, can you, like, her, her mother puts a, a lien on their house. Yeah. To get him the bail money to get out. So he gets out and immediately goes to Paulie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, listen, I'm really sorry. I fucked up. I'm clean now. But I'm clean and... Like, I want to make it right. And this is a really good scene. Both of them do really good in this, but Paul Sorvino does really well because he's, like, you can tell he's, like, haggard. He's just, like, so, like, upset and, like, pissed off and, like, but and he's also disappointed because he it seems like he genuinely liked Henry. He took then, care of Henry his entire life. Yeah, like, so it's just, like, a very, it's, you see all that, like, just on, like, the facial expressions and, like, the eyes. It's just a lot of emotion but also like anger and strength also behind like just the facial expression and then he gives him money and it's like he gives him thirty two hundred dollars yeah he goes for a lifetime of work thirty two hundred dollars <laughs> that wasn't even enough to do anything he's like it's not even enough to buy a plane ticket yeah so he so, basically feels like paulie's like abandoning him and then uh, well and then so he's he's freaking out He's like, he doesn't know what to do. Karen goes to sell stuff to Jimmy. Jimmy gives Karen a couple of grand. Yeah, and then we get the scene in the alleyway. We're like, was he gonna kill her? Was he not? Like, what the fuck? And then we have the scene with when Henry meets with Jimmy in the diner. Oh, yeah. And then you get the idea, like, because Jimmy was like, oh, you know, would you, would you mind going to Florida with so-and-so and doing this job? And he, you know, Henry's like, hmm, like, okay, yeah, sure. But in his head, he's like, I knew if I took that job, I never would have came back. Yeah, if I went to so, Florida, I wasn't like, coming back. He knows, right? So at that point, he knows that he's fucked. And he's he's a dead man. Left. Like, nobody's on his side. Everyone thinks he's a fuck. He's going to be a rat. And he's going to flip. Like, he's expendable now. So he feels like he has no other option but he, to go to, the, to feds. the feds. So he goes to the feds. And this is like the, you know, this movie was basically, it seemed like, broken up into, like, three parts. Like, the, you know, getting into the mob and, like, you know, the starts of, like, him being in the mob. Then, like, him kind of falling from grace and going against the mob, doing the drug stuff. And now we're at really going against the mob with the fed stuff. Yeah. And, like, the ending. Well, yeah, it's it's before the mob, the mob life. Yeah. And then the fall, the fall from grace, as you would, some would say. So... He's like, the mob, the FBI goes, he's a dead man. 
regardless. If you don't go with him, they're going to kill you because they can't get to him. Yeah, well, because Because Karen's she, like, I can't, you know. You know. She, they, they both be really good at it. Like, I, even though their relationship is, like, abusive, and it is, but the fact that they have been loyal to each other this whole time, I, I like the performances and I like what they did with this relationship. Like, them as actors, uh, Bracco and Leota. Because it's so easy to, like, if you're in that kind of situation, like, as actors, like, it's easy to just act, like, full of hate for this person or just, you know, totally full yeah. of love. But it's just so, it's it's very mixed and yeah. it's believable. Like, believably mixed. Both of them are very nuanced characters. Yeah, it's, it's a very love-hate relationship. But they are still incredibly loyal to one another. But they're also... The two of them know at this point they are fucked. They have right. no other choice, basically. Yeah, well, she knows, like, you know, she's like, oh, well, I'll never see my parents again. And the guy in the feds, like, probably not, because if, if if he goes, if he goes into witness protection, Henry Hill. They can't find him. They can't find him, but they can find you and your kids, and they'll go after you and your kids to get to him. So you have to go with him, or it's not going to work out. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So. That's, you know, and not for nothing, that's the bed you made, sweetheart. Like, you know, you fucking, yeah. you know, you shack up with a mobster and have his kids. That's yeah. what happens. So, we get to, now, as we're doing this, Jimmy gets arrested, Paulie gets arrested. Yeah, he, he flips on everybody. And they're sitting in the courtroom, and uh, they go, uh, can you uh, identify Jimmy Conway? He points at Jimmy. Can you identify Paulie, Paul Cicero? points at Paulie. So, and they have this really uh, interesting shot where, like, Henry, like, breaks the fourth testifying, wall. and he kind of breaks the fourth wall, jumps off the witness stand, comes around through the courtroom, and is like, you know, this is what I did, and this is what they did, and now it's over. <laughs> when I was broke, I would go out and rob some more. We ran everything. We paid off cops. We paid off lawyers. We paid off judges. Everybody had their hands out. Everything was for the taking. And now it's all over. Yeah, this is, you know, I had everything. We had everything, and now it's over. Yeah. It's such a great line. And at one point, do you also get the line, because at one point they go, uh, oh, I forgot to bring this up, when uh, Jimmy was about to kill him. Like, send him to Florida. Mm -hmm. He goes, nobody in the mob tells you they're going to kill you. Oh, yeah. They come at you with smiles, and friends. Right. And they come to you at your weakest point, and then they kill you. Mm -hmm. You know? And in this point, he basically does that to the mob. Right. You know? And it's 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 such a big line. And he goes into witness protection, and he goes, The moment I got here, I ordered spaghetti and marinara sauce. I got egg noodles and ketchup. I'm an average nobody. Get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. Like, yeah, like, he basically gave up everything he ever knew, you know, so, I mean, so he wouldn't die. I mean, it makes sense, obviously. Yeah, he's um, like, he's, he, as he said, he's doomed to live the rest of his life as a schnook. Yeah, well, I mean, and I guess in his mind, he made his bed because he went against Paulie's, and he, you know, he went against the boss, and that's not something you're supposed to do in the mob, I guess. And as he looks dead at the camera at the end, he thinks of memories of 
Tommy shooting at Paul, he shoot, uh, Tommy shooting at Jimmy shooting, and of him shooting. Because they were in the mob, and that was the glory days for him. Right. So then we get the last little bit of him and Henry Hill and Karen got separated. Yeah, we get, like, because these are all real people, obviously, so we get, like, what happened to them moving forward. Karen and Henry ended up separating. Um, After 25 years of marriage. Paulie, uh, as he earlier in the movie said, that he most did not want to do, he ended up dying in prison. Uh, For something that he was not involved in. Right, and then Jimmy... Jimmy got out of prison. Jimmy was in prison, but he... What happened? He got out of prison, and in 1996, he died of a heart attack. Ah, okay. But... And Henry Hill passed, like, recently, right? Yeah, Henry Hill passed, I think, a couple years ago. I mean, that's good, fellas. I mean, it's clear uh, to me how, like, Martin Scorsese has, like, made a name for himself as, like, the mob movie, like, king, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, obviously, this is... This is a great fucking movie, and uh, Departed is a great movie. I'm trying to think if I've seen any other mob. Oh, Irishman. Have you seen Casino? No. Oh, well, we're going to do Casino once. Um, <laughs> but Irishman, you know, a lot of people... Irishman is definitely different from something like this, whereas, like, I, like this movie is definitely more... It's more, like, punchy. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Irishman is definitely a slower burn, and yeah. it's more stylistic, I guess. I think I think Irishman was much more about the times because it's a lot yeah. of it does focus on Jimmy Hoffa, right? Like, um, but this is much more. This is much more character driven. Yes, I would say that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely prefer this to Irishman for sure, and even I would say I would prefer this to. Well, I don't know if I would prefer this to Departed. I think. They're very different movies, this and Departed. As far as mob movies go, I would definitely prefer Goodfellas to Irishman, let's put it that way. Although, I do prefer Godfather to this. I'm just partial to Godfather, because I grew up with that. I I do love Godfather, but I would take this over Godfather any day. But again, I think Godfather is more stylistic, maybe. Yeah. It's not as character-driven, I guess. It's also not as brutal. True, that's also very true. Like, this is a brutal movie. This is, yeah, this is brutal. It's uncomfortable to watch at times, which isn't a bad thing. You know, but, um, but yes, yeah, Scorsese, this, this is probably, this is probably Scorsese's, I would say his magnum opus. This, yeah. You I, know. That's sure. I'm sure. I, I know some people. I mean, would, again, I need to see more of Martin Scorsese, just in general, but this is probably the best one that I've seen of Martin Scorsese. I, I know some will say Raging Bull. Um, I love Raging Bull, I love Mean Streets, I love Casino. Irishman was good, it's not the greatest. You know. Now, question. Yes. You said that when he won for Departed, Scorsese, yes. it was kind of a, that he's he's owed this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you think that it's possible that he could get Oscars for um, Irishman in that same kind of vein as we owe this to him? Uh, he could, but I think I think this class is also very stacked, and I wouldn't give it to. Absolutely, I agree with that for sure. Honestly, who I think should win won't win this year. Is it the same as mine? Uh, I don't know. Jojo. No, oh, well, no, it's not because uh, I don't think Tyke is getting nominated. 
I think, I think, okay, well, we'll talk about this more on our Oscar predictions episode next week. Wink, wink. Yes. But Jojo Rabbit's getting nominated for Best Picture, bro. We'll find out tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. But Tyke's getting nominated for Best Picture. Best Director. For sure. Best Director, I don't know. I fucking wish. I really do. But I don't know. I... Who I, I think I think JoJo's definitely gonna get nominated for Best Picture. I think Irishman's definitely gonna get nominated for Best Picture. I think Scorsese will get nominated for Director. I don't know if he'll win. I don't think so. Well, no, he'll get nominated for Best Director. I think the guy who should win for Director or for Best director. Picture. Oh, okay, go for Director should be Bong Joon Ho. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. Because I think he honestly for that movie to do as well as it has and yeah, Parasite we're referring to, which uh, is fantastic fucking movie it's definitely gonna win for international oh of course we're gonna talk about this sorry we'll talk about this oh but anyway so yeah i i think if if scorsese does win for irishman this year i think it'll it'll mainly be because he's martin scorsese yeah i mean not that irishman isn't good it is and i i liked it it's nowhere near it's nowhere near this i agree it's nowhere honestly it's behind departed I yeah I I, I, I put it well. I would put it behind Casino, uh put it behind Raging Bull, you know yeah I think it's 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 definitely good and it's but I don't think it's something I'd watch again you know what I mean this I'd watch again oh yeah this Goodfellas I definitely watch again but Irishman I don't know if I have it in me to watch it again it's three and a half fucking hours long it's a slow slow burn maybe I would like fast forward to certain scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. But, yeah. But, no, this this movie is honestly, it's a masterpiece. It really is. Oh, and we have to talk about the end credit song. Oh, yeah. Because, again, another song choice that, like, I fucking loved. It's uh, the Sid Vicious version of My Way. Oh, yeah. By Frank Sinatra, which I thought was fucking hilarious. I loved it. I was like, it's the perfect, like, end to the... Oh, yeah. Perfect bookend to this movie. Kind of summed up the whole... Yeah, he did it his way. And you know what? Yeah, you you wonder how much of it from Henry Hill is true, what's not true. That's true. I mean, yeah. But it's it's a crazy story. It really is. But, I mean, it doesn't exactly show him in the best light. No, it doesn't. So, I mean... But how much of it, even in some of the good light, does it show is how much of that good light is actually true. Right. You know? So, out of five stars, Frankie... Mm. What would you rate Goodfellas? Gosh, I'd have to say like four and a half. Yeah, this is a five out of five for me. It would have to be a solid four and a half uh, for sure. If not, yeah, I mean, definitely at least four and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this. This is a movie, again, that I've wanted to see forever, but just never did. So I'm glad I finally saw it. And maybe we'll do some more Scorsese as time goes on. It's we- oh for sure. I, again, I want to expand my Scorsese repertoire, but I think it's crazy that like, well, a that Joe Pesci came out of retirement after however many goddamn years to do Irishman, but the fact that like him, Pacino, and De Niro had never. They'd never been in a movie together, all three well, of them. Well, not all three of them. Uh, I know, like, Pacino and... Uh, De Niro. De Niro have been movies together. But, like... Yeah. The, all three of them together, no. I don't think, have ever before no. this. Which is, I think it's crazy. Pesci's been retired for quite a while. Yeah. Um, And you know what? Pesci, 
he did this so well. He really did, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't feel like, you know, because I, I feel like with something like this, with a character who is so crazy and out of the box and, like, unpredictable, it would be easy to play it, like, over the top and, like, almost cartoony, you know? Yeah. But he didn't. He played it straight and, like, real, and, like, you felt afraid when he got insulted. Like you, everybody... You felt, you felt the crickets that everyone in the movie felt when... Oh, yeah that happened and it, it he is a great character and you know even like you look at this this is dr dramatic but then you look at my cousin Vinny, and he's great in my cousin Vinny. yeah oh absolutely yeah he, he's so lovable in home alone, and, too. and in home alone he's great too in both of them you know he's such a good actor and i i really wish i wish he'd come back I don't think he will. I, I think he's. I think he's. He knows he's a I little old now. I think he came now. back. I think he came back because it was Martin Scorsese. Well, yeah, Scorsese, De Niro. Well, they both like, came to him and they both like yeah. basically like, please come back. He's like, yeah. okay, fine. No one else is talking Joe Pesci out of retirement. He was also in Lethal Weapon. He's great in Lethal Weapon. Um, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, no, I wish he would come back because he was good in Irishman. Like, I could see him yeah. being that old mentor kind of a guy in a movie. Yeah. But I don't feel like anybody's going to drag shame. him out of retirement. Yeah. I mean, I get it. He's an old man. And he doesn't want to He's do He's got anymore. plenty of money. He doesn't have to. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. I don't want it. I'm done. You know? Good for him that he can do that. But it's a shame because he's, he's he's fun to watch. He's, he's good to watch. He might be. Honestly, if we did like a top 10 favorite actors of all time, he'd probably be in my top three. Yeah. He's... he's I think, again, I think he's underrated. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely a good actor. And he's, I mean, almost positive he's going to be nominated for supporting for Irishman this I hope year. So. Uh, don't know if he's going to win. I don't think so. Because uh, he's up there with uh, Pitt and Pacino as well. So, not looking No, it's not looking promising. Good. But, I mean, I think if anyone could maybe surprise and steal it, it would be Pesci. Yeah. From Pitt. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. But anyway. But anyway. Yeah. So, next week. Next week, guys. Uh, again, as I told you in the beginning of this episode, and pretty much every fucking episode we've ever done of this show, I love the Oscars. So, tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be up in the morning looking at the nominations. Yes. Maybe I'll record my reactions. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, and then we're going to do our very first Shoot the Flick oscar prediction show yeah so i'm very excited for our very first annual oscar prediction show and so scotty and i are gonna go through the nominations and we're gonna have our picks and we're gonna talk movies and it's gonna oh, be yeah. fun uh so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that a lot damn straight so until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast, and I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick, and check out our weekly episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you come back next week for our Oscar prediction show, and make sure you come back every single week to get your fix of The Married Couple Supreme. Yes, indeed. We shall see you next week. Goodbye. All my bronze like trash You'll catch a blast if you move too fast I talk with class, you don't have to ask Getting everything by flash and cash
fighting and stealing don't kill without feeling So I went in casinos before they start dealing All about respect and intellect Only mess with the women that pick up the check Two supermodels, one on each arm, one chick's brunette the other